2: the Vox Media
0: Podcast Network.
1: Hey, we're live, pal. No music, though. Mixed no music, but arts. you
2: could probably... mix martial, yes. <laughs> martial arts. Mix martial arts. Mix martial arts. How do we like them mixed? Or how do we like the martial Audits. arts? How do we like them? Unmixed. Hashtag, keep the yes. martial arts apart. Yes, uh, Casey does it way better. You'll hear the theme song on the podcast now, but welcome everybody to the UFC Charlotte <laughs> live preview show here on MMAfighting.com. We got some early day MMA coming up tomorrow in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the main event, a big one in the heavyweight division. What are the stakes for both these guys? We will discuss pivotal co-main event in the light heavyweight division between Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker. We get some compelling matchups. We had some weight misses. We had some second chance weight makers. And we had a fight pulled from the card at the weigh-in today. We'll discuss all of that more. But I am Mike Heck. We have Jose Youngs to my left. We have AK to my right. AK, I'll start with you. I think you know where I'm going to go with this, the way we typically start all of these. I have to say the hangover from UFC 288 didn't linger on. I think it only lasted a couple of days. I think we've already turned the page towards this Saturday and future events. So where would you gauge the excitement levels for this card? What would be the gymnastics score for you for UFC Charlotte?
3: I mean, this has to be in the low eights. Uh, Main card isn't bad. Main card isn't bad. It it would have been stronger if they'd kept Angela Hill and Mackenzie Dern on here. But I get it. We have to uh, provide, we have to spread out these Fight night main events uh, level fights for some reason so uh, okay fine uh, but Anthony Smith Johnny Walker could easily be the main over uh, Rosenstreich Almeida so that's a nice that's a nice top two in Gary very intriguing uh, Carlos Ulberg and uh, Poteria getting promoted to the main card with uh, one of the other fights falling with uh, what oh after after Angela Hill and um, Dern got moved and then a banger well it's banger uh, Alex to means at the top of the, uh, the top uh, sorry opening the card so it's not bad uh you've got some veteran names on the prelims too so but I, it, it can't go that high like i said if if pay-per-views uh, ufc pay-per-views start at a nine fight nights start at an eight i don't think this card is like so bad that it drops below there but i'll go like i think i said this for a recent card as well and i'll stick with the score it's a pretty safe um fight night score a def- degree of difficulty 8.2 8.2 so that means i'm like i'm like optimistic that if it hits everything you know we get some cool finishes in the prelims maybe a couple of welterweight wars and some, uh, you know, newsworthy happenings in in the top two fights. That to me is the definition of like a really fun, sort of enjoyable card to watch and and uh, to cover as a media member. So, eight point two, Mike. Eight
2: point two. I'm get, I'm not getting up three decimal points just because of an eleven thirty a.m. Eastern prelim start time and a three p.m. main yes, card. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you can't go wrong with
1: that. Not factoring. Love the ABC.
2: Factoring. Love the yes. Love the <laughs> love the network TV times. Jose, AK brought up a point because Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker was the original main event for this card. And that fight obviously has some stakes in this division considering where it's at right now. Mm -hmm. And then about a month ago, we found out that Jairzinho Rosenstrike versus Jelton Almeida gets bumped up to the main event spot. So I have my theories as to why this move was made, but why was this move made in your opinion?
1: Because they obviously read MMAFighting.com, so they want Jailton Almeida in the spotlight. Isn't that correct, AK? That's that's not... I mean, that is one theory. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted a heavyweight, like a marquee heavyweight fight on ABC. That just might be the answer, because anytime you have heavyweights at the top of the card, there's just something about heavyweight fights in any combat sport that kind of captivate the what's it called like the casual audience i guess i would say as i also forget to pull my my camera up too so the joys of producing and talking at the same time um anthony smith and johnny walker would be a great uh fight night main event for like an espn plus or an espn like an apex fight but ufc on abc how many do they do two three a year the last one was brian ortega versus yair correct am i wrong yeah, that was the Long Island card. That was the Long Island card. And then there was another one. Before. I think Max Holloway and Cater was one of them, too. So they really like to put in these these marquee fights between guys that will be fighting for the title soon. And obviously, Johnny Walker and Andy Smith could be fighting for the title in their next fight after this. But maybe they just wanted a main event with a heavyweight slobber knocker, uh, striker versus grappler. Maybe they just want all eyes on Jailton Almeida. I don't know, but I mean, I guess I don't hate the fight either. I love that fight.
2: Yeah, AK, you've heard my my theory and on to the next one. It was after the Sergey Pavlovich went over Curtis Blades. Jailton, the UFC is prepared to strap the Rockets to Jelton Almeida. And I think they realize that their current heavyweight champion, one of their biggest stars, John Jones, has an exit strategy. If it's not an exit strategy, it's a time away strategy. Like if he beats, he's said many times, he beats Stipe, he's heading on out to the pasture, if you will, and maybe he'll come back if Francis comes back. So we might be in a situation where the title is going to be vacated, and Sergey Pavlovich unequivocally deserves to be one half of that fight. I feel like Jeltsin Almeida is kind of the plan here. Um, let's get him a, 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 a tough matchup, but a favorable matchup to his style. And if he goes out there on ABC and just destroys Jarzinho Rosenstrike, well, he's going to get a ton of buzz, and we throw him and Sergey into a, a potential vacant title fight situation. Can't really go wrong there. That's been my theory as to why this is done. I think they feel like John's stay here in the UFC as heavyweight champion could be a short one, so they're having a to put a backup plan in place, if you will. Uh, do you agree with that theory? Do you have your your own reasons? Or are you more with Jose? Just, let's just throw heavyweights in this situation. Both these guys look good getting off the bus and look scary in their own way, so let's just do that instead of the Light heavyweights,
3: uh, as usual, I'll sit on the fence, Mike. I agree with both of you. Um, I, I think it's one, it's it's can be a very simple explanation. Fight cards like to have heavyweights at the top. Again, we're talking about ABC, we're talking about a more mainstream audience. We're going back to the days of like boxing, right? I mean, what's gonna what 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 sells best? What catches you know, what catches the eye, what catches the ear when those ads are running? Like this weekend, heavyweight cage fighting on uh, on only on ABC, you know, uh, light heavyweight doesn't have. Quite the same ring to it as accomplished as as Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker are. Um, that heavyweight name uh, when you put that at the top of marquee, it just carries a lot of literal weight. It carries a lot of literal weight too. So that's one reason. But also, you're right. I think um, the UFC is being smart about positioning themselves for the potential absence retirement of John Jones. Listen, if if he decides to stick around, let's say he fights Stipe, beats Dipe, uh decide you know he signed a, he signed an eight fight deal, and I think we all like. When it was signed, at least I know I was joking. If he if he fulfills all eight of those fights, I'll do a shoeie. Um, so I'm not worried about. It. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. He might be loving life and heavyweight so much that he decides to stick around, and that's great. If you do that, then you have then you're building up challengers in Pavlovich. You're building building up challengers in Almeida. So there you go. That's money. That's another reason to do this. And if he leaves, as you said, we have uh, we have Almeida and uh, and Pavlovich or someone else, some other heavyweight coming out of the blue. Maybe Tom Aspinall comes back strong, you know, uh, and you've got a lot of candidates for a uh, vacant title fight. John Jones doesn't retire, takes time off, you got interim title fight opportunities. So there's a lot of strategic reasons. Uh, again, all respect to Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker, who was supposed to headline a card, um, but it doesn't have immediate light heavyweight title implications. Maybe for Walker, if he if he scores like a super impressive knockout, but even he feels like he's one fight away. So again, from a, from a casual standpoint, from a future booking standpoint, I think they, I think they got this right. And also, God forbid, should, should something happen in the next 24 hours and that main event falls through, you can slot Anthony Smith and, and Johnny Walker right in there, and people won't be too, uh, too upset about it. I don't think.
2: Yeah, it's not a bad place to be for really either of those fights. But Jose, you're our, you're one of our social media gurus, and you make graphics for certain fights, and you made graphics probably for the matchup being made, and then you probably made another graphic for this matchup being bumped to the main event. And most of the comments that I remember seeing was sort of RIP Jairzinho and Jelson's going to kill him and all these different things. And this is clearly the toughest test of Jelson Almeida's career. No doubt about it. He's a massive favorite in this fight. I mean a ginormous favorite in this fight. Do you feel like Jairzinho Rosenstrike is just being completely overlooked as almost an afterthought heading into this fight? and Or is this more just people are just so high on Jelton Almeida it doesn't matter who he fights they're gonna get the same reaction anywhere
1: I think it's a bit of a combination of all of the above considering who Jairzinho has beat and who Jairzinho has lost to uh, he's lost to Volkov uh, well the, the loss to Volkov was controversial I, I thought it was a I thought it was a quick stoppage but I can understand why people might have argue that it wasn't. Uh, the Curtis Blades fight, I don't think any of us can remember that anything about that fight. It was just Curtis Blades kind of dominating the whole fight and Curtis, Curtis Blades is a very good grappler. Cyril Gon just outpointed him for 5 rounds and that was kind of when Cyril was on the up and up and he was just outpointing like Volkov and uh Jairzinho and then he lost to Francis Ganu and what 15 20 seconds before france and that was the one that propelled francis to the title shot uh, I think that was in the empties arena. Yes It was in the empty arena fight because I remember jairzinho's head clapping off the canvas, so He's lost to the best of the best But he's also looked really bad against high-level grapplers while jailton almeida hasn't Been hit to all how many times has he been hit like single digits in his ufc career uh, jairzinho is a 30-plus pound there's a 30-pound difference between him and Jailton. Jailton's like 230, and Jairzinho's like 265. But Jairzinho isn't a fighter that uses his weight like you think he would. Like, like Curtis Blades is a big guy. Palovich is a big guy. Cyril Gano is a big guy. And they use their weight to their advantage. Like, they'll lean on you. They'll grapple you. They'll throw you around. Jairzinho is not that. So if Jailton takes you down, that's pretty much a wrap for anyone in the heavyweight division. It's maybe not Curtis Blades, because Curtis Blades is a very good grappler. But... I think it's just a combination of the above. We've seen Jairzinho lose to high-level grapplers and Jailton is the pinnacle of high-level grapplers and and Jairzinho has looked real lackluster and Jailton has not. So I think it's a combination of the hype train meets a guy who we've seen come out on the wrong end. Now, we've seen this kind of matchmaking before, like when Rob Font fought Adrian Yanez. Rob Font kind of got pieced up by Cheeto Vera, and then Adrian Yanez is putting people away pretty violently and pretty impressively, and we saw what happened with that. Rob Font kind of had a you-must-have-forgot type moments. Can Jairzinho do that? I don't know. My money says no, but I understand the odds. I think it should be a little closer, because Jairzinho is a is a very talented fist fighter and he punches very, very hard.
2: So, nine strikes. Nine strikes. There you go. Jelton Almeida has absorbed over five UFC fights. That is just absolutely insane. That's just absolutely insane numbers. AK, uh, one might say you've been very high on Jelton Almeida. One might say you've been maybe higher than anybody on this website. You talk about this man. You've said on certain shows that he will be a UFC heavyweight champion. And the sky's the limit for this man. Right now, he's a minus 500 favorite against Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Is this where you expected it to be? Are you surprised that the the lines are so high?
3: I'm just not high enough. It's not high enough. I'm surprised. It's it's. This is listen. If you're out there, uh, if you're one of those people who 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 wants who puts down big bets on uh, on heavy favorites, like I mean, I I I wouldn't because if I whenever if I ever bet on MMA, it's like two dollars, three dollars, five bucks, maybe ten dollars, something. And I think like a five dollar bet on like Jeltanita uh, will win you like like uh i don't know 50 cents something like that so it's like that's probably too much actually i don't think a five i don't think it went to 50 cents i think it went to like five cents anyway don't don't do it that's what i'm saying don't make small bets uh if you, you had to be on that drake money to be going like you'll, we'll see some drake tweet on uh on saturday you know his uh, his betting partnership like oh he put down 450 grand on jensen omeida the then that's cool but no i mean it could be higher it could be a lot higher And th- and that's not to say that I think this is like a walkover because this is this was the right matchup. I think this was suggested on, on to the next one multiple times, Mike. Um, and it makes so much sense. Jairzinho is the more experienced fighter in the UFC. He's fought the much better competition. Um, again, I, I do think Almeida is like, you know, is the truth. I do think he's the real deal. But the names he's beaten, of course, in, including the legendary Parker Porter, uh, not exactly, not exactly a murderer's row of, of heavyweight contenders it, to, to be generous to him and, and his opponents. But uh, Jarozinho has been in there with tough guys. Uh, we mentioned we mentioned uh, Jalton not getting hit a lot, and that's good, of course, obviously at heavyweight. But Jarozinho, he doesn't need to like hit you too many times to put you down. So it only if he lands one or two, one shot, two good shots. I don't know. I don't know if i will made it how he's going to withstand that. But again, he's probably going to take him down, so we won't find out. That number might stay at nine. You guys said nine strikes he's been hit with. It might not go up on Saturday. The real, what the only thing disappointed to me about this matchup, Mike, is that uh, it's not going to test, I think, the biggest question mark up in, about Jelton, which is his gas tank. Um, but yeah, I don't know anyone heavyweight who will, besides like a John Jones, besides maybe like a Stephen Jocic, Cecil like the literally like, top, 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 top of the division guys who can win quick, but also know how to win decisions. Um, He's lost one decision his career back, back, back in the day, way before the UFC. Other than that, he rarely goes past the second, uh, the midway point of the second round. And he's also usually dominating these fights. So it's not like he's being, his gas tank is really being tested. You know, I think you people would agree your gas tank, uh, lasts a little bit longer when you're in control all the time and you're the one dishing out the punishment as opposed to necessarily being on the defensive and taking damage and all that. So, uh, that's my concern. Is is I, I'm convinced he'll win. I just don't know if this is going to answer that many questions about like how close he is to really being, uh, you know, the potentially the the best heavyweight in the world. Uh, he has all the skills. Super exciting guy. I like the matchup. Um, so let's let's take it for what it is. But it's, I I would say by the time fight night's over, let's not read too much into it. Um, even if he runs through uh, Jarzinho somehow.
2: Parker Porter lasted eight seconds longer than the Pleasure Man. In his UFC well, career, just just throwing that out there.
3: I I I was gonna make a very body joke, but I won't do that. I won't do that for the
2: there's kids watching right now, so I will not make that joke. It's for the children. It's for the children. I absolutely get that. I mean, it's for what's the, the children. biggest question? Yeah. You, it is for the children. What, what's the biggest question you have stylistically about this fight, Jose? Is it because you know Jarzino isn't the greatest defensive grappler? He's not bad. I thought I think his his no. defensive grappling's not. It's, it's probably a little slightly underrated, but it's not great. Uh, he is a very durable guy. He's never been submitted. He had Curtis Blades on top of him for 15 minutes, and Curtis couldn't get him out of there. But a lot of people feel like Jelton Almeida is just a super talented, light heavyweight, kind of masquerading as a heavyweight right now just to get as many fights, and now he's getting these bigger opportunities because there are opponents available for him. What are some of the questions you have? Is it the size? Is it... What happens if the fight gets extended? Is it, can Jarzinho not end up on his back? Like, what stylistically sticks out to you is, like, the big question about this fight.
1: I guess it would be... Because the size thing isn't really a big thing for me. Because Jalton is like, Shamil and Parker Porter are big guys. Like, those are thick heavyweights. Like, this is pre-UFC 288 Parker Porter where he's fit. This is Parker Porter where he was just, you know, he looked more like... A bag of soup than a UFC fighter uh, so the hev- the weight thing th- isn't a big factor for me it's if Jailton takes him down will Jairzinho what like let's see Jairzinho's defensive grappling against a high level grappler who's going to be hunting for a submission because to my knowledge off the top of my head I don't think Curtis Blades has any submissions and if he does it's in, they're not in the UFC so as much as we talk about especially me how good of a wrestler and grappler Curtis Blades is He's not a guy that will when he takes you down, he's just hunting for guillotines and arm bars and leg locks and everything. He's going in there to ground and pound you and finish you like that and just control you. Jailton is not that. When he takes you down, he is immediately looking to either like snatch an arm, snatch a leg, snatch a neck or something like that. So I want to see what Jairzinho looks like off his back. Can he keep him off? Because we always say you'd stuff one takedown, great there's going to be more coming. It's like what Colby Covington said in your interview when you asked him about Israel Adesanya. He's like, "I'm not going to shoot for one takedown. I'm going to shoot for 5,000 takedowns." Can you defend <laughs> can you defend the the you defend the first one, can you defend the next 4,999 coming over 5 rounds? That's my biggest question. And my I guess for Jailton, it's he's like he's fought heavy hitters, like, Shamil hits hard, Parker Porter hits hard, but they're not refined like Jairzinho, like, Jair, Jairzinho has dynamite in his hand, but he's also a sniper, and he has lunging punches, so he'll punch you from very awkward positions, like, when he knocked out, um, over him, that was like a lunging hook, like, that'll knock anyone out, like, when he knocked out, um, Dawkus, that was just quick and violent, and, Dawkus was a small heavyweight too That should, and he's going down to light heavyweight so Jairzinho historically has done well against heavyweights that aren't the biggest heavyweights but he loses to guys like Volkov and Curtis Blaze and Cyril Ghosn who are very clearly tall, powerful heavyweights. The way he knocked out uh, JDS was again, an awkward punch a weird strike so Jalton, if he gets if, if Jairzinho did his homework and stuffs him a few times can he avoid those strange looping punches that seem to come out of nowhere that are fast and accurate? Those are the biggest questions I have. Can Jaelton avoid the weird striking from Jairzinho? And can Jairzinho survive when he's being drowned in the middle of the octagon? Because 25 fighting a grappler for 25 minutes is tough. And fighting a high-level striker for 25 minutes is tough. So... Those are my biggest questions. It's very boring because it's this is very much a striker versus grappler, and I feel like everyone's just going to have the same questions.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's it is, is Almeida going to struggle getting strike down? But I think you're right, Jose. It's going to be more of sort of the Colby-esque style where if he doesn't get him the first time, he's just going to keep going and going. And if he does, and Rosenstrike, and I know you're not – overly concerned about the weight difference but if rosen's right can somehow keep things going and almeida has to work for the second third fourth takedown to get him down how much will that wear on him as the fight plays on because right now most people feel like this fight ain't going more than seven and a half minutes in fact uh minus 210 the under one and a half here so a lot of people favoring this fight to end very quickly so A.K., i assume you're going to almeida here with the minus 500 odds but uh how does he get it done? How quickly does this happen? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think I think he'll become the first fighter to submit Charizinho, so that'll be a nice feather in his cap. Uh, I agree with you know you're asking about what what's part of the style matchup sort of uh, is 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 most intriguing, and yeah, we talked about the grappling a lot, but I, I I'm going with sort of the, the the last half of um Jose's point, the questions on the Almeida side. I I, I do worry a little bit about the striking uh Mostly the defense, the offense, not that important. That's not really how he's gonna, you know, win a title if he ever does. But the defense, I'm trying to think, Mike, the last champion who was like supposedly one dimensional. I guess you, I guess people would say would you know call out Habib, but I think Habib was a very underrated striker. It's just you know he, he's not gonna get into a kickboxing battle if he can take people down, and I don't know if gelatin like is on that level of of well roundedness, um, which is you know. A, who is, you know, we're talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov, but I'm talking about, but we've just seen so little of his offensive striking uh, and he's, and being able to take people down to avoid, you know, striking battles is not the same as striking defense, right? It's, it's, there's going to come a point where someone's going to be able to stop him. Uh, it, it might be Jairzinho a couple of times on Saturday. Again, maybe not for the whole fight. Like we said, 25 minutes, very difficult. But if, if the first round, first five minutes, maybe into the second round, Jairzinho is giving him a little bit of difficulty in the wrestling game. I don't know. Is, is, does he have enough striking acumen to not get hit by the big kibosh that so many heavyweights can dish out? Especially Rosenstrike, who has like knockouts, sub what twenty second knockouts. So the guy just he can he can smash you like nothing. So I talked about the cardio being a, a question mark again. That's not going to get answered here. But uh, I am I am worrying about the uh, the striking a little bit. But I think and I don't again I don't think that gets answered either. I do think Jelton is just gonna. Eventually be able to take Jairzinho down. I think it'll happen in the first. Like I don't think this worst case scenario that I'm sort of conjuring up here is going to happen. So I am going. Uh, Almeida first round submission. But again, we shouldn't be surprised if it goes in the second if uh, Jairzinho gives me some problems. And uh, and I don't know if maybe we see a bit of a letdown. But no, I'm riding with Jeltin Almeida all the way.
2: Jose, official pick.
1: Uh, I'll go Jeltin. I mean, he seems like like I have picked, I didn't pick against Jelton in his last few fights. but I of everyone on MMA fighting, I was like, I think the one that was like, let's let's take a wait and see approach because Shamil is good. Um, I wasn't ready to crown him the heavyweight champion after one fight. Uh, yes, he looks good getting off the bus, and I always... I want I wanted him... I think, selfishly, I just wanted him to go back to light heavyweight, because light heavyweight needed a breath of fresh air, because that top of that division just seems stagnant for a while, and I just thought that was his more natural, and he could very well become a two-division champ. Um, but the longer he stays a heavyweight, I think the less likely he wants to cut all that weight, so... I haven't picked against him, but I haven't been one to crown him yet, so... I guess I'll, I guess I'll buy a ticket for the Jailton Almeida hype train. I just haven't climbed on yet. But this is my let's see let's see how quick it gets to the station on Saturday and if he just tears through Jarzinho then I am fully on board. I'm buying a I am buying a year long pass on the Jailton Almeida Express.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've already bought a season pass. I have a feeling I'll be upgrading that to a to a yearly pass. I'll go in the <laughs> snow. I'll go in all sorts of different weather and hot and cold and and, and still ride that train. That w- whether there's AC or not, uh, I don't think Jeltz submits Jairzinho. Uh Like I said, I I think he's 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 a little tougher submit than than people give him credit for. Uh, but I do think Jeltz has got to get him down. I think he's going to mount him. He's going to try like hell for that submission. Uh, but I think Jeltz just going to as jose likes to eloquently say about sergey pavlovich but he's going to do it in mount um just a thousand lunch boxes going at jarzinho until the until the fight is stopped so first round tko jelson almeida but this is his toughest test and he just might find himself in a vacant title fight with sergey pavlovich and guess what i would pick jelson almeida to win that fight too just cuz of the stylistic matchup but we will move on. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. That's why these two guys get in the cage, and Jarzina and go ahead and shut everybody up and cash somebody a plus 400 ticket tomorrow. So
0: The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov.
2: co-main event we mentioned it earlier anthony smith versus johnny walker jose this one kind of flying under the radar i thought anthony smith did a nice job at media day kind of bubbling things back up to the surface but uh the betting community everybody's just 50 50 here it's a it's a complete pick them but i think it's a really interesting fight i think johnny walker this is a step up this is kind of like the Corey anderson step up all over again it's like a take two in, in a sense Johnny Walker's been at SBG. We've seen different styles from him. We've seen crazy Johnny Walker. We've seen somewhat subdued Johnny Walker. Gets out, gets a quick finish in his last fight, and now he's taking on a former title challenger in Anthony Smith. How do you like this matchup?
1: This is a 50-50 fight for me for sure. Uh, Anthony Smith, before that weird ankle uh injury, like it kind of messed up his leg. It was his leg, right, or ankle he was like, if he had won that, he'd obviously been fighting for the title. And he's a guy that he was, he had submitted Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute, and I believe, no, knocked out, Oh, no, Jimmy Crute's leg went to, like, died in the middle of the fight like, too. And then he submitted Ryan fans So he's on this, he was on a tear of, not just winning, but stopping guys. And yeah, he had the weird Alexander Ratchik loss, and Glover knocked all his teeth out, and he lost to John Jones, but he's beating guys the way he's supposed to be beating guys. And this seems like a new Johnny Walker, where he said like he... What was it? He, he had taken like the wrong medication or something like that or something with THC or something like that. Um, And he was just like tripping balls in there. So he just wasn't himself. And then that, since he's got his head back on, he's submitted Iwan, Iwan Kutalaba and then he TKO'd Paul Craig. So this seems to be like the new violent Johnny Walker of old... This is a fifty-fifty for me because we haven't seen Anthony Smith since his weird leg injury, and Johnny Walker seems to have his head on right, and he's only lost to Corey Anderson, who a lot of people think is a top. Do we think John... do we think Corey Anderson's a top five light heavyweight? Even though he lost to Nemkov, I don't know. Maybe top seven, maybe. And then Krylov, AK definitely knows what happened to Krylov in that Krylov fight. And then Thiago Santos' fight was boring. And then he got knocked dead by Jamal Hill, who's the current champion. So he's uh, like Anthony Smith. He's beating the guys. He's supposed to be beating in violent fashion. And he seems to be coming up short to high-level competition. This is a 50-50 fight for me.
2: Completely agree. Uh, I think we had some some technical difficulties moments ago, but I think Ooh. we're okay now. Uh, Ak, are you the same with Are, are you the same with Jose here? Fifty uh, fifty fight. Not really sure. Do you favor? Do you Do you have a side here? I guess I should say.
3: Uh, I do have a side. Let me first say I, I like Anthony Smith. I've always been a fan. He was one of my first, uh, I'd say, big interviews I did for MMA Fighting. Um, before he kind of blew up and became a contender, I was on the Anthony Smith bandwagon early. But yeah, I'm a fan of the guy. Uh, so I'm going to do him a favor here, Mike, because I always pick against him and he keeps winning. Um, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I, I picked against him uh, uh, in the Devin Clark fight, which I think he was a pretty favorable, like a pretty big favorite. I'm not sure why I did that. Completely wrong uh uh jim crew i want to say he was the underdog so maybe i was justified there but again and that one ended kind of in a in, a, in an odd way so but still that was a win for uh for <clears throat> anthony smith no argument there and uh ryan span ryan span i also thought he was going to beat anthony smith Anthony smith took him out pretty handily so <laughs> I, I don't know i maybe i have no feel for it i think oh ankoli i picked but i mean again if you pick if you pick against the guy so many times eventually you're going to be right so Anthony, I will pick against you again. Uh, hopefully, this will give you good luck on Saturday. But I am also doing it because I'm kind of a believer now in the Johnny Walker like SBG alliance. I know the early results of that partnership were ugly. He was losing. The fights were friggin' boring. But maybe it just takes time, right? Maybe it just takes time to sort of acclimate yourself with a new team, with a new mindset, a new style. Because I thought he looked great against Cuchelaba. It looked great against Paul Craig. Maybe he's just naturally inconsistent. has nothing to do with the camp change. That's also possible. But again, I'm, I'm going to be most optimistic I can for Johnny Walker's career and say, like, it's it, it's locking in. Whatever's going on with him and John Cavanagh and the team at SPG, it's locking in. It's working. They're harnessing his immense talent. So, I'm going to pick Walker. I think, I think I'm going to go Walker by uh, knockout in the first, somewhere in the first two rounds.
2: All right. Uh, I have no idea how, but I'm picking Anthony Smith here. I, I think this is just a, a, a big step up. And Anthony Smith, very smart fighter, very high fight IQ. I think he's ready for anything Johnny Walker is going to throw at him, but it would not surprise me if Johnny Walker wins this fight. But uh, AKL, go to you, my fellow matchmaker here. Uh, a little fantasy matchmaking. Where does the winner of this fight go? Because this division is in a weird place. We have Jamal Hill as champion. Yuri Perhashka doesn't appear he's coming back anytime soon. We have Magomed Ankolaev, who the UFC doesn't seem very high on right now after that fight with Jan Bohovich. We have Jan Bohovich. Alex Pereira is now up at 205. What are the stakes here? Could the winner of this fight, especially if it's Anthony Smith, find himself? In a title fight, are they fighting for a title shot right now?
3: I really don't think so. I mean, I, I said at the top, like the the stakes are unclear because <laughs> they were so eager—not eager, but but so willing to to bump the fight down. And like I said, it could still be—it's still a suitable main event. But I think that tells me they don't have title plans for either guy as much as they like Anthony Smith, as much as they like, might like Johnny Walker. Um, And the division is in a weird place. I do feel like they have to go through, still have to go through Jan Blachowicz, uh, Magomed Ankalaev. Maybe Jamal Hill ends up fighting one of them instead. I I understand that. But I I just don't know. I don't know if I can picture the winner of this fight leapfrogging either of those guys. Um, Alexander Rakic is coming back. At some point, he might be a logical opponent for one of these guys. I don't know how long they have to wait for that. Uh, Volkan Uzdemir has a fight, right? Volkan Uzdemir. Oh, no, he wanted to fight... Um, he wanted to fight uh, Pereira, Alex Pereira, when he comes up. So I don't know. There's options. I, I would be very surprised if somehow either of these guys gets a win, even if it's like a first-round knockout submission, whatever, uh, and is able to parlay that directly into a title shot. I think a lot of names in front of them would have to... Uh, uh, misfortune would have to befall them, let me put it that way, to for them to, to get... Um, to open up that path to either Johnny Walker or Anthony Smith. So so my best friend, no, I'm going to uh, give a little ought no preview here and say I won't be I won't be matching up either of these guys with uh Jamal Hill should should they uh should they get a win.
2: Jose, do you feel like the winning stakes are even for both guys? Or do you mm. feel like yeah, or do you feel like like if Anthony wins, he has the better chance over Johnny Walker if he wins to get a title shot at that? If that makes sense.
1: I think so. I think Anthony Smith has more to lose just because of his age, and he has a lot of opportunities outside of the outside of fighting. Like he does, he does this because he likes to do this. Um, he's not getting younger. Johnny Walker is still kind of a fresh face at the top of the division. Like he hasn't fought for the title yet. Uh, He's a big, exciting guy. Anthony Smith is an exciting fighter, too. I just think he's, what, had 50-something fights. He's not getting, like I said, he's not getting younger. He has the broadcasting as the analyst. This seems, he's very clearly in the second half, maybe even past that, like the the, the last 25% of his career. He's past the 75% mark of his career. So I feel like Anthony Smith has more to lose because a loss to Johnny Walker would be two in a row. After and he if he had beaten an he would have gone that title shot 100% May the thing if he wins he was supposed to fight Jamal because people kind of seem forget that he was supposed to fight Jamal before They took Jamal and put him in the title fight against Glover. So maybe Jamal just wants to rebook that because he wants to be active So if Anthony Smith wins, I feel like he has more of a claim to the title shot than Johnny Walker I still feel Johnny Walker's one win away maybe if they do Johnny Walker versus Ankalaev or Johnny I know Yan keeps saying he wants to go to middleweight but if Anthony Smith wins and he gets to, and they just rebook that fight for the Boston card like that we keep hearing about that might be happening in August makes sense especially if Yuri's not ready yeah Anthony Smith has more to lose and more to win in this matchup I
2: would agree with you I do feel like the rush to get Alex Pereira up to 205 was the backup here with for Yuri, like if you can't do Yuri, eh, let's just throw in this Pereira guy since Jamal just beat Glover Teixeira, and the Anthony Smith storyline is is a pretty good one too because they were supposed to fight, and then Anthony Smith helped get Jamal Hill ready for Glover Teixeira. So nice little tight in storylines with both of these fights. So that's the main and the co-main event. A.K. Our uh, weigh-in correspondent, we lost a fight, we had some misses, yes. and we had some, uh, we had a second attempt make. So do you want to update the peeps on? what they may have missed with the weigh-ins.
3: Yes, we lost a fight. Uh, Pete Rodriguez was supposed to fight Natan Levy on the prelims. Lightweight bout. Uh, Pete Rodriguez coming down from 170. This would have been his seventh pro bout. Something went wrong, apparently. Uh, he was pulled from the fight for weight management issues, according to the UFC. Uh, Natan Levy and his team, including his coach, Eric Nixick, uh, very vocal about what went wrong. Uh, that as soon as... Excuse me. <clears throat> As soon as the news went public, they were – very uh, well, le- actually, Levy, I think, broke it on his IG literally minutes before it was officially announced. And then his team just said – laid out all the cards that here's what happened. He was supposed to make 155. We, we heard he was having trouble. We said 160. We said 162. And when, for whatever, they said they kept declining. Uh, you guys can check uh, our store on mafighting.com. Uh, for the uh, sort of the comments from Nathan Levy and, and uh, Eric Nixick. But uh, yes, not none too pleased with Pete Rodriguez kind of spoiling this opportunity for both of them. Uh, we did have a couple of weight misses. We had Dale Rodriguez on his first attempt come in, half a pound over. Uh, he took an extra hour, cut it. He's That fight with Ian Machado, Gary official, no problem there. And we're still kind of waiting to see what happens with Brian Battle. He came in 173, two pounds over the uh, limit for a non-title welterweight bout. I believe the fight is going to happen. I think they're just working out the uh, purse penalty. I, I haven't heard anything about the bout being canceled. So I assume that one's going through as a catchweight, uh, his fight with um, Gabe Green. Gabe Green, who made weight. So there you go. So a little bit a little bit of weigh-in drama, uh, including, I, I guess we should mention, Rosenstrike weighing 34 more pounds than Almeida. But uh, that's normal for Almeida. We fought um, Abdurah Parker Porter, and both guys were over 260. Um, Almeida came in 231
2: today yes he did Uh, last thing we'll take some questions Jose what's what's the fight on the card it could be a main card fight because I feel like most of the attention has been on the top two fights yeah Uh, what's, what's the other fight that has has your attention that you are excited about that we have not discussed yet
1: I mean, D-Rod and Ian Gary is fun because that is... As much as people call Ian Gary just the human equivalent of a golden retriever, Daniel Rodriguez is just the human equivalent of a pit bull because that dude is mean. Both ni- both very nice people in the, outside of the octagon. Both, like, can you think of two different people? This would be like if Nate Diaz fought sage north cut back in the day it's just they're <laughs> just on different levels of humanity um i'm very excited about that fight daniel rodriguez is very durable a very a very exciting fighter that makes things like he's not just going out there and blowing the doors off you he's going you're getting in a fight like as anthony smith said he's like ank alive has had 20 mma matchups never had a fight daniel rodriguez has had a lot of fights I, so I'm very, because if Ian Gary wins, he's arrived, I think. I really do think that he's, I don't know if he's a future champion, but he very much belongs in the top 20 welterweights of the world. I ha, I I like the approach he's taken. He's not being thrown up the rankings. It seems like every matchup he gets a, a big jump. This seems like the the, the test for him. Because Daniel Rodriguez is durable. He's an in-your-face type of guy. He's got a, anyone that has a throat tattoo of the year they were born, I'm about it. That fight, I'm I just like that fight as a fight. I'm not even saying that's a high-level martial arts fight, like I love. I just want to see that fist fight between just two different individuals. Then on the on the prelim cards, I cannot believe that Matt Brown has never fought Court McGee. That is crazy to me, considering they've had they've been in the UFC for like 40 years combined. So those are the two I would have to say. Matt Brown's never in a boring fight. Court McGee, one of the like the pioneers of both men, just pioneers of and two t- as AK, ak's favorite two tough vets two tough veterans fighting on the prelim card so uh yeah i'm a lot of tough a couple tough fight, veterans on this prelim card huh got brian battle i,
3: I, I almost thought for a second you were going to say they had that dog in them and i was just going to leave I
1: no because i'm not an Excuse asshole them. and i don't use that uh, phrase <laughs>
3: Oh my like, God. If, if, are, wrong you,
1: with are you? Are, no, I, it it's is. You. It's no. It's, it's, no, it's, it's no. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. stupid. <laughs> um, if are you even a professional fighter? If you don't post a a, a photo of a lion or an eagle or uh-huh. an X ray of a dog inside your chest, like you're not. Yeah. But don't do it because it's dumb and overplayed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well said. AK, what stands out to you that's not getting enough attention here?
3: Uh, Jose covered most of the bases, but I actually kind of love the fight between uh, Jeon Kim and Mandy Boom, Boom, Boom. Mike, help me. I think Anix said Boom.
1: I think it's Boom. I, I don't I know. I thought though. it was
3: Boom. I thought I heard him say Boom today. I'll go with Boom. That's that's the easiest way for me to pronounce it. So apologies to Mandy if I'm if I'm butchering that. Gion um, Kim's kind of like quietly like made herself this like great action fighter. Um, I mean, people knew. Maybe people knew she could strike, but uh, she's really like on a nice run of, uh, of 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 good, compelling fights. So, you know, she's missing sort of when we talk about like great strikers and great like must see brawlers that that like knockout power. I get it. That's just not something that she's really like capable of. Um, but man, she gets in there and scraps. She gets in there and scraps. So I got to show some love to my women's flyweights. Lo- I'm, I'm a fan of that division. I love that division. I love strawweight. I still feel like neither of those divisions get enough love um straw i'm not sure why flyweight because everyone's just like oh but could this person beat valentina and it's like okay it doesn't matter there's other good fights in the division so uh shout outs to my uh to my ladies 125ers
2: i mean the correct jose got the correct answer it's definitely the d rod ian gary fight i am more mm-hmm. intrigued by that fight than any other fight on the card and then any other fight this weekend i'm more intrigued with that fight than the main event and the co-main event because for a lot of the reasons jose said like is ian gary the dude is d rod you know, is he still good to go? I mean, D-Rod is, is a gamer and he's a fighter, but he's also getting up there in age as well. And Ian Gary's a young buck trying to make a statement. And I think the winner has Kevin Holland waiting them, waiting for a potential fight later on this year. So uh, I think the stakes are high to maybe get the, the Kevin Holland fight, but I'm fascinated to see. A loss doesn't kill Ian Gary. It stings, but it doesn't hurt him too badly because he's so young. And... If Ian gary wins that's very good for everybody especially if the ufc does decide they want to return to to ireland and they could take Ian gary with them and we'll see what happens but to go a little more oh, than that oh go ahead
3: we we have i i, I don't i am well, sorry you're probably just about to bring this up i'm sorry i interrupted we have an actual women's bantamweight fight i'm not making this up we this is happening we have a we have a, a, a women's better scheduled uh Look, what was it? Two weeks ago, we were supposed to both fight, both fights had a fighter miss weight. They became catch weights. We had Carol, Carol Hosa recently going up to 145 for no reason, uh, a top 10 bantamweight weight and, and losing in a featherweight fight. So let, let us please, uh, not, you know, let us not gloss over this. Uh, Tanara Lisboa and Jessica Rose Clark did successfully make weight. We have a women's bantamweight weight fight in the UFC. This is something to be celebrated. So good job, ladies. And, um, Let's let's do some fighting. There you go. That's yes. fine. <laughs> <Tanara> <laughs> That's
2: Lisboa what they say, right? Is, uh, yeah, t- Tanara Lisboa is... Uh, she's fun. She's fun.
3: She
1: she's be a
2: great fighter, but she's fun <laughs> to watch.
1: She's a get-or-get-got type of fighter. Yes. I'm very excited uh, for that fight.
2: I'm also intrigued by the Cody Staman douglas silva de andrade mm-hmm. fight. Um, I remember a conversation I had with Eric Nixick at the beginning of the year, and I was like, who's the fighter in the gym that you know you think can make the most impact that you're you're paying attention to the most like not that he's not paying attention to everybody but uh the fighter he said to like watch out for that he's most intrigued about is cody Stamen. three losses in a row had that tough submission loss and then now he's on the two fight winning streaks get a pretty tough test in douglas silver day Drage. I, I think cody Stamen will win that fight but let's see if he can get back on back on the streak here there'll be three in a row and We'll see if he can make his way back up. A lot of promise when he got to the UFC. He's getting a lot of wins. And then he went on the Schneid. And let's see if he can bounce back and make it three straight. So it's not a bantamweight fight. It's a, a catchweight at 140 pounds, which you didn't even know until the weigh-ins happened
0: today. But there we go. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
2: All right, let's we'll take a few questions from the peeps, and then uh, we'll get on out of here.
1: All right, here's a name that we didn't talk about once, considering he's coming off a very big win over a very important figure.
2: Oh, boy. Ah, uh, gotta see Ehor's dance again. <laughs> yes. The duelist, AK. The duelist getting in there he... with one Carlos Ulberg. What do you think about yeah, this?
3: He, he is not getting any respect in this fight. Have you seen the odds for this fight?
2: Uh minus 425 for Carlos Ulberg. Wow. Those
3: are those are Bellator odds, man. Like, I mean, look, I get listen, I, I he's on a, he's on a win streak. Uh, he's knocked out his last two opponents. There's some MMA math going on there, right? Poteria lost to um, Nico uh, Negomariano. Alberg just, yeah, beat Nico Negomariano. So, like, there's a lot of. If you're just looking at like bullet points, you're like, oh, Alberg should be. Alberg is super handsome. There you go. There's another bullet point. That's like my. That adds that that moves shifts the odds by like 50 points right there. Uh, but I don't think anyone with this little UFC experience who is not like you know some superstar in another. Promotion. It's not like I don't think he was like a superstar kickboxer either, right? He was a good kickboxer, not a superstar. Should be a minus four fifty or, or sorry, whatever the odds you read off. What, what did you say was on DraftKings, Mike?
2: Minus four twenty five. Minus four twenty five.
3: I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm not even saying like Puerto is that good. I just don't think a matchup with again, this such unknown properties either. Guy. I don't know. Maybe people are smarter than me. I remember like I remember Alberg came in with quite a bit of hype. City kickboxing. And then you know wasn't great in his first fight um and that's why i guess he's bounced back and i guess the reputation is there of like oh he you know he just had a stumble it happened he had a stumble in his first fight um he is he is who we thought he was you know he is like this legitimate prospect but i am just stunned by those odds so uh i don't don't, i'm not saying to make a pick i'm not making a pick but um there's a good chance you could see that dance i don't know that dance that made a lot of people mad by the way (laughs)
2: And that mm-hmm. loss was to Kennedy and Insechukuo, and that loss has aged incredibly well.
1: Very well. Very well.
2: Very, very well. And she sure. seemed to have learned a lot from that fight because his style, like, still kind of aggressive, but it's a lot more calculated. He's not just going bananas like he did in the Insechuku fight. Uh, the Nega Mariano fight really impressed me because I thought I thought Nega Mariano was gonna be a real test and a real problem for him. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Nope. Not gonna happen. So that was a really impressive win. Um, uh, what do you think? Ninety-two percent.
3: By the oh, by, the ninety-two percent on topology picking Olberg. So pr- pretty reflective of the of the odds out there. Ninety-two percent.
1: Yeah, I mean Carlos Olberg has looked very good. Um, he's. Uh, you, it's hard to bet against city kickboxing boys, especially when they're all on one card together. But Carlos Olberg doesn't have that. Like he, like he was part of like that that collective where when like Israel or Hooker or Volkanovski or like any of these are like like Blood Diamond any of those guys were on the card there always seemed to be another one on the card with them so they could peek together that's not the case this time so I'm very curious how Carlos Olberg looks when he doesn't have the rest of his stable mates with him because he got like the Kennedy fight obviously uh, we interviewed Kennedy right after and he said city kickboxing boys like to keep their head straight down the middle and use like footwork to get out of the way and Kennedy just blasted Carl Allberg between the eyes So he did his homework So if uh, if his opponent this week The Shogun Killer as they call him Ehor did his homework That'll be a fun fight But Carl Allberg is a beautiful man And he's a beautiful fighter And I'm very excited for this I'm very excited for this matchup They're not going to be top yeah. 15 But I think the next fight after this Will be interesting for sure
2: Completely agree
1: Alright we have a lot of questions well, okay. About a lot of things
2: Okay can we see another double retirement in the Brown versus McGee matchup? Oh. What do you think, AK? Damon talks to Matt all the
3: time. I don't recall Matt ever being firm on, like, this is the last year for me. Or He's probably a guy who is always, like, you know, it's in the back of his mind, right? But as long as he's making good money, as long as he feels healthy, um, as long as he's not going on some crazy-ass, like, you know, eight-fight losing streak, um, he's going to hang around. The, the Brian Barberino fight was a good one. You know, his most recent, whatever, split decision loss, fight of the night winner. So nothing, nothing, and he beat Diego Lima before that. So nothing in his, like, most recent fights, I think, for him is telling him, like, oh, it's, it's time to go. It's time to walk away. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if we see the double. I I would be surprised if either guy retired on Saturday, frankly. I, I admit I haven't been re- brushing up. I don't know if McGee has mentioned it at all. Uh like Jose said, I'm glad this fight is finally happening. It just feels like it's something that should have happened a long time ago. They both have great backstories, of course. Very famously, you know, surviving um, some pretty severe uh, drug habits back in the day. That's why Matt Brown's called the Immortal. Um, it was a big story for Court McGee when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. So, in a way, it's kind of cool that um, that these two guys finally get to meet and kind of share the arc. It could be very emotional. It could be very emotional. I don't see a double retirement. I understand the question, though. We do have. Um, there's some older fighters on the card not to not to date people but uh tim means is also on there he's kind of been cranking away no i don't think we see any. i'll be honest i don't think we see any retirements on saturday but i i understand the question um because we did see uh, a while while ago with like we thought clay was gonna retire and uh who was it that actually did on that card again it was um i'm blanking i don't know why uh, Zach yell at Cummings, me, yell at me in Zach, oh yeah, yeah. Zach Cummings, yeah, Zach, Cum- we, Zach Cummings, we kind, Zach Cummings, we kind of knew, and Herman was kind of like, oh, it was almost like a nice surprise. Zach Cummings, he was in hometown, we kind of knew, but yeah.
1: I think that I hear rumblings that the UFC wants to go back to Salt Lake at some point. Correct. And yeah. if Court McGee There's is, McGee. if yeah. Court McGee is going to retire, there is one place in the world he can retire, and that is Salt Lake City, his hometown. I covered mm-hmm. that first fight. Years ago, when it was Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres in the main event, and we had fighters like Cub Swanson and Santiago Ponzinibbio on, like, the early prelim cards. I think it was Cub Swanson, Kawajiri, or something like that, on the early prelims. It was a very bizarre card, top to bottom, but in hindsight, very fun. Court McGee was the only, like, the only local fighter on the card because, like, Josh Berkman didn't fight on that card. The entire media room cleared out after Court McGee's fight. Like they all want that he, he did our scrum and then he did a scrum for just local media. And then they all left. (laughs) And then the only fighters, the only reporters backstage were me, John Morgan, Kenny from junkie and another local, another local reporter who was just doing a, like, here's what happened on the entire card. But that was it. They, it was the court McGee show essentially in the media room. Like no one even really knew how to score MMA. So if court McGee is going to retire, it has to be in Salt Lake city
3: can i can i mention one sneaky retirement possibility oh yes i do wonder and i'm not speaking this into existence i have a lot of respect for this fighter i'm not saying she should retire but i do wonder if jessica rose clark um if she suffered another quick loss like we said Bo is a kind of get or get got fighter this could end in the first round again um and not just that it's not just losing it's that jessica rose clark has had a lot of like injuries over the last few years um she's pretty experienced. Like, I mean, she's been fighting since 2012 and she's been in some hard fights. So I do wonder, but like Jose said, it could be one of the situation where maybe she wants to retire in Australia or something. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe, maybe that's, you know, because I think, I, I always think that's a great thing for fighters to do, but also sometimes those opportunities don't come along and you can't just hang around and, and wait for them. So that's just a sneaky, again, only because the question came up. Yeah. I still think nobody retires, but I think Jessica Rose Clark, I, I do wonder if another tough, like quick first round loss would have her uh, maybe just sort of thinking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The they're going. They're favored. they're going to Sydney. So if she's going to retire, that might be the spot to do it. Yeah, maybe so. All yeah. right, let's see. We're getting a lot of questions about the main and co-main still. Um, a lot of them we a lot of them we've already answered. Like, who do you think will win between Johnny Walker and so on and so forth? Sure, sure. Whoa, that's a big question.
2: Uh, it's more guys, of a statement, can- but.
1: You, can address you can't it.
2: actually judge a card until after the fights, haha. There have been so many so-called average names that produce really good fights, and vice versa, yeah. big names laying like, eggs. Like, first of all, I th- this this take drives me insane.
1: Yes, that's why I brought it up, so you can this address take,
2: it. This take drives <laughs> me insane. So it's a so for so in the NFL when a Thursday night football game comes up between the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are like one and thirteen, and the Chicago Bears, who are like four and twelve, or whatever it is. Media members don't say, oh, this game is not a great game on paper. But maybe, But then they go out and they have a 51-48 shootout and we're like, see, you don't judge an NFL game by the matchups on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> it's the same thing here. Like, it's the same thing here. I'm not saying don't watch this card. I am not Jed Michoud saying, hey, if you have other things better to do, go do them, ignore this and watch it, read MMA Fighting, which if you want to do that, That's your prerogative. But this will be a fun watch. Like, I don't think anyone who's going to watch this card is going to regret it. Uh, I am thrilled for this card, mostly for the start time, if we're being honest. But there are compelling matchups on here. But we are allowed to judge cards on paper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. UFC 288? Interesting fights, not a great pay-per-view, and the numbers seem to indicate it. When the man who won the main event came out and said the numbers weren't great themselves, so we are allowed to judge a book by its cover. Now, could the fights be incredible? Sure, I covered a Bellator card that was awful on paper, and every fight ended in a finish. It was in uh, somewhere in Connecticut, but and every fight ended in a finish. But like on paper, no one was like clamoring for this card. So like. You can judge a card based on the lineup, and maybe it delivers. Yeah, uh, eight point two is a good score. I give it what eight yeah. five. That's that's good. And, that's a good draw. Yeah.
3: I, and to sort of back you up, but also to kind of address Jam Twelve green statement here is like, because uh, with that, with this comments mindset, you're it's, it's saying no card is bad on paper. That's that's what this that's what this comment says. No card, no card is bad on paper because you don't know how it's going to turn out, which is fine, whatever. But but the whole point of the the, the gymnastics scale is really like. Um, Someone is. Br- I can hear someone breathing.
1: Probably me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> breathing intensely, Jose. W- waiting on bated breath from. I'm just no. waiting.
1: I'm waiting to for the next one. AK Lee, the oh, okay. main one, comes out and he starts swearing.
3: No, 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 not at all. No, because I'm not. Like I said, this comment I, I get. I, Mike Mike is a little more agitated by this comment than I am. But like I said, I just don't like the idea that you can't that. You can't judge any card on paper because that's just silly. I mean, of course, some cards look better than others, but the and the, but the gymnastic scale again is not even a oh this card looks like it's it's this good. It's just like it, it's it's the potential for it. It's the potential for it, right? And 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 that's why it's always going to be higher than the actual like quality of the card. If you ask me to rate like the fights, like how I think they'll turn out and name value and championship implications and and like possible entertainment value most cards will be way lower like a lot of these ufc cards the fight nights they trot out the apex cards way 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 lower so degree of difficulty is just like the highest possible it can reach but uh i'm 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 kind of agree with, with with my best friend there where we're saying like listen some cards are just better than others and it's okay it's not it's not a criticism of the fighters it's not even really a criticism of the matchmakers it's just the nature of the UFC now, where they have to trot out so many cards for their TV deal. So that's good. We're just being honest. We're just being honest with people. Um, yeah, wow. Shut up. Shut Shut Thank you. us for honesty. Shout outs for honesty. Um, so yeah. So yeah, yes, you, absolutely. You're allowed to be critical. And, but yeah, this I is had
1: to make the air control horn control. extra loud for for honesty.
3: That was very. Yeah, that's the
1: absolutely. that's the honest air horn. That's what we're going to call that's,
3: it. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs>
1: So here's a question that I don't quite know what he means, but it's if I'm interpreting it right, I would love to get your answers.
2: What fights would you put on this card from the other UFC fight nights? I mean, we had one with Angela Hill Mackenzie Durham, which is now a main event. Um, I guess would you would you shuffle up any from like I next guess week's card? I honestly,
1: on I honestly think like this would have been a good question for like that Song Yadong card where that seems like a one fight card this fight uh, I uh, think ha- is I think this fight is pretty balanced honestly this fight card is pretty balanced yeah, it has a lot of interesting bad. fight I would possibly take fights from this card and put it on other fight cards but nothing i wouldn't next
2: week, like next week's card yeah like next week's card yes 100 that's what i'm saying that's like a, that's a top one
1: like if you if they had decided to take anthony smith and johnny walker and made that the main event i would understand that but it, this is an abc card and they want to stack the lineup so i wouldn't add anything to this card if anything this fight card has fights like we we've been talking for an hour and we've not talked about alex morono and tim means like that's how good this fight card is like, this is a this is a good ABC fight card.
2: Yeah, it's fine. No one said it was a shitty card. Nobody said. I don't I remember any of us saying it was a bad card. Next week's, eh, not great. But it's fine. They're back in the apex. But I think the fans who are attending this one are going to enjoy themselves. And the people who are going to watch are going to enjoy themselves. And they get to go out Saturday night and have a great time with their friends and family and loved ones and had a full day of fights to watch and they're doing it right now too with Bellator so it can't, can't go wrong you can't go wrong but yeah I mean this is pretty balanced I, okay. I agree and I like the Alex Morono Tim Means fight too Alex mm-hmm. Morono is, uh, has looked really good lately even in the Ponzinibbio fight I thought he looked really good on short notice and, until he got stopped which didn't love the stoppage didn't love that stoppage even still
1: we'll take a few more because we're getting a lot of the same questions Yeah, last one then. Okay.
2: Tristan, Uh, I think it's still ideal for Jelton to stay at heavyweight when he's a natural light heavyweight. He feels that it's a quicker way to get to a title shot. Do you agree with him? I mean... Yes. Clearly. Tr- Tristan, you've listened to enough heck of mornings and uh, part of so many of our shows that you know my take on this. I've already said it here, so I don't need to, uh, to and reiterate. Trist- but.
1: Tristan's a longtime commentator, but we've had a lot of questions about this specific, like, is Jelton, mm-hmm. should he go to light heavyweight? Should he stay at heavyweight situation?
3: Look, the, look, the, the champion the, is a natural light heavyweight. John Jones, John Jones, a natural light heavyweight. That's and true. He's the, he's the champion. So yeah, I, I, for sure. Uh, Daniel Cormier was a natural light heavyweight. He went up and won the title. So heavyweight is there for the for the taking. And and we said it right from the beginning of the show. We've seen so many past now where Almeida puts on an impressive performance on uh, Saturday for him to fight for some sort of UFC gold. Whether whether he manages to get a fight with John Jones, you know, unlikely, but possible whether it's for a vacant title after john jones leaves very likely whether it's for an interim title very likely the path that light heavyweight is just so weird right now with yuri with yuri um again when is he coming back what are they planning to do with Jan and Magman and kalayev after that draw we still don't know like i hate how they've handled that situation like we just don't it may be in the fighters end too i don't know but like there has to be some sort of update because that fight was a long time ago it was months ago now and somehow Engeliev and Blachowicz aren't booked yet. Alex Panetta coming up too. That's another kind of a weird fight. So if you're if you're um, uh, Almeida, you're just looking at all that. Like enjoy that for now, guys. Like I'll, I'll be, I'm I'm gonna come back. Let me come back to light heavyweight in a year. And if he has won the heavy, uh, some some version of the heavyweight title by then, he walks right into a light heavyweight title shot or is one away. So he's absolutely very, very smart. He's going up to light to heavy and, and knocking out some and taking out some of these guys. So yeah, great decision.
1: Yes, Blast.
2: positivity. We, we, we appreciate that. Um, we like positive stuff.
1: I think we've answered pretty much all the questions. There are a lot of the similar ones, and I know AK has to go do some KSI festivities.
2: Woo! Yeah! Misfits Boxing. Got a press conference. About that. People, watch
3: that watch that Thursday press conference. If you didn't see it, you can find it on MMAFighting.com. I'm sure we, I, we have a post within it. We have highlights from it. That was the dumbest
2: <laughs> thing I saw a week. It's better than the Jake Paul, Nate Diaz press conference. That is for Oh, my sure. God. Yes. Oh, a, million, a million times. A million times. Better. All right.
1: Well, we, have know, no, we, we still have no music. So, Mike, you're going out a cappella style
2: going on acapella style uh tomorrow 11 a.m eastern uh people's pre-fight show myself casey Lyon will be back joining us and then we'll have post fight show after the fact ak and i will do some matchmaking on on to the next one so thank you very much and shout out to all the moms out there yeah so, day weekends you deserve it get pampered spend Love that money mom. get your hair did get all that stuff get all that stuff uh because you deserve it you are fighting the good fight and you are all the best. So thank you for watching. We'll see you later on, everybody.
1: Happy Halloween, AK.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.